Chapter Twenty One of Some Everyday Folk and Dawn by Miles Franklin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Things go more wrong. Grandma could think of nothing but the clerk's insult when she had gone for her electoral right. Him, that thing, what's he employed for but to do this work? And if he ain't prepared to do it decent, why don't he give up and let a better man in his place? They're easy to be got. Runnin' after a vote, indeed. But that's where I made me big mistake. I should have stayed at home and writ to him, and he'd have been compelled to send the police with it. That's what I ought to have done. And let me servants, that I'm taxed to keep, do the work they're dying for want of, instead of doing it myself. But at any rate, I got me right safe and sure, she said with satisfaction. A long time we'd be getting them if all men was like him, which, thank God, they ain't. But that's the way with all these fellows in a government job. They think they're Lord Muck, and too good to speak to the folk that's keeping them there, and only for which they wouldn't be there at all. Only for Oscar Lawyer and Mr. Paunch, and Dawn, where are you? Mr. Paunch was very nice to me, and I asked him to tea, and to come down for some of them little things belonging to his niece. He's very cut up about her. Yes, about as cut up about her as Uncle Jake would be over me. "'Now, Dawn, how do you know?' severely inquired the old dame. "'I know very well that old men with his delightful slenderness of figure, and men who have drunk all the champagne and other poison it must have taken to colour his nose that way, haven't got much true feeling left, except for a bottle of wine and a feed of something high and well-seasoned.' However, Mr. Paunch presently arrived, and illustrated by his snickering at Dawn, that notwithstanding his grief for a dead girl, he yet retained an eye for the charms of a living one. It also transpired that he would not have waited for an invitation to call upon us. This sweet bachelor champion of women's protection bills, who had so long deprived some woman of the felicity of being his wife, had apparently determined to hastily repair the omission, and it soon became evident that he meant to honour no less a person than Dawn in this connection dawn a princess in her own right by reason of her health her beauty her youth and her honest maidenhood he took ernest's place in going to sydney with her thrust costly trifles upon her he was fifty-five if he were a day and a repulsive debauchee at that dawn so healthy and wholesome loathed him she sat on her bed at night with her dainty toes on the floor and raved while she combed her fine-spun brown hair i let her rave believing this a good antidote for the worry of that dish of water that was rarely out of her thoughts i knew that she never omitted to scan the football news in hopes of seeing the doings of a certain red-headed player recorded there and i also knew that she was doomed to disappointment unless she could connect r e breslaw with r ernest of the wash-up water incident a man of paunch's calibre is hard to abash or dawn would have abashed him but failing to do so at last she came to me requesting that i should assist her to get rid of him i don't want to complain to grandma said she it might get abroad if she took it in hand so i'd like to choke him off myself if i could i have enough to suffer already and i knew she was again thinking of that fatal dish of water and how dora ewart twitted her concerning it then i took dawn on my knee as it were and told her a story it was such a painful story that I first extracted from her a solemn promise that she would not make a fuss of any sort, for this young woman lacked restraint, that command over her emotions which, if carefully adjusted and gauged, will make the work of a talented artist pass for genius, and that of a genius pass for the work of a god. 
when his connection with the all-fated young girl who had slipped out in the dead of night to throw herself at the gently gliding noon became known to dawn i was afraid her horror would so betray her that any subsequent plans for the punishment of the miscreant might fall through i'll knock him down with the poker next time he comes i'll throw a kettle of boiling water on him as sure as eggs are eggs fancy the reptile leering around me i felt nearly poisoned as it was but i didn't know he was a murderer as well oh the height of him to come here i really will throw boiling water on him dawn continued in this strain for some time but as she quieted down became possessed of a notion to tar and feather him in the manner mentioned by her grandmother in one of her anecdotes carrie and i were to be called upon to assist in this ceremony which was to take place upon the return of mr paunch for the present he had disappeared to attend to some business in the interim the meetings continued without a break and dawn unremittingly looked for the football news now with the war crowded into a far corner by the special complexion that each daily chose to put on political affairs just look up the football news i said one day and see how my friend ernest is doing he made a lot of goals as forward in the last match see she coolly replied putting her tapering forefinger on the name of r e breslaw as she handed me the paper did he tell you he wanted to disguise his identity while here yes he told me all about it one day when we went to sydney she replied leaving me wondering what else i might have confided during these jaunts now that we required his presence mr paunch was not in evidence and neither was anything to be heard of the red-headed footballer's reappearance though he had been absent for weeks and this brought us towards the end of june at this date there appeared a paragraph stating that breslaw and several other amateur sportsmen were contemplating a tour of america to include the st louis exposition that night some one besides myself heard the roar of the passing locomotives but she did not confess the cause of her sleeplessness it was one of those irritations one cannot tell so she let off her irritation in other channels matters did not brighten as the days went on two nights after ernest's reported departure for the states dora ewart brought dawn home from walker's committee meeting and remained talking to her in the otherwise deserted dining-room till a late hour as soon as he left dawn came upstairs and throwing herself face downwards on her bed burst into violent weeping what has come to you lately dawn i inquired tell me what sort of twist you have put in your affairs so that i may be able to help you no one can help me she crossly replied don't you think that i was once young and have suffered all these worries too it is not so long since i was your age that i have forgotten what may torment a girl's heart thus abjured she presently made me her father confessor ewart it appeared had grown very pressing and her grandma had urged her to accept him as the best of her admirers the old dame had not observed the trend of matters with ernest in a house where weekend boarders came and went and the landlady had a pretty granddaughter there were strings of ardent admirers who came and went like the weeks and in all probability transferred their weekend affections as frequently and with as great pleasure as they did their person and the old lady was too sensible to place any reliance in their earnestness while dawn too was very level-headed in the matter thus ernest if considered anything more than my friend would have merely been placed in the weekend category the old lady not feeling so vigorous as usual was anxious to have dawn settled 
and had tried to put a spoke in Dora Ewart's wheel by threatening Dawn with deprivation of her coveted singing lessons did she not receive him favourably. Dawn, in a fit of the blues, probably brought on by seeing the announcement of Ernest's departure, had accepted Ewart conditionally. The conditions were that he should wait two years and keep the engagement entirely secret, and she had promised her grandma that she would think of marriage with him at the end of that time, provided her vocal studies should be continued till then. "'That's the way I'll keep Grandma agreeable to pay for the lessons. And in that time, do you think, I'll be able to go on the stage and do what I like and be somebody?' asked the girl from out the depths of her inexperience. "'And what of Dora?' "'He can go back to Dora Cowper, then. I'll tell him I was only pulling his leg, like he said about her. It will do him good.' "'You might break his heart.' I said with mock compassion. Break his heart? His heart? He's got the sort of heart to be compensated by a good plate of roast beef and plum pudding, like a good many more. Will he consent to this? He'll have to, or do the other thing. He can please himself which. I don't care a hang. He said that if I would marry him soon, he would let me continue the singing lessons and get me a lovely piano. All the soft soap men always give a girl beforehand. I wonder did he think me one of the folks who would swallow it. Couldn't I see, as soon as I was married, all the privileges I would get would be to settle down and drudge all the time till I was broken down and telling the same hair-lifting tales against marriage, as aired by every other married woman one meets? And Dawn, her cheeks flushed and her white teeth gleaming between her pretty lips, looked the personification of furious irritation. All I care for now is to get the singing lessons, as long as I don't have to do anything too bad to get them. I suddenly turned on her and asked, Honestly, why did you throw that dish of water on Ernest Breslaw? Thus unexpectedly attacked, her answer slipped out before she had time to prevaricate. Because I was a mad-headed silly fool, the biggest idiot that ever walked. That's why I did it. Do you know that it hurt him very, very keenly? No answer. Do you know that he cared more for you than he understood himself? No answer. Dawn, do you care? Not in that way. But, oh, I care terribly that I made such a fool of myself. Had it been anyone else, it wouldn't have mattered. But he will think I did it because I was an ignorant commoner who knew no better. That's what stings. But I'm not going to think any more of it. I'm going to give up my life to singing, and it doesn't matter. I suppose I'll never see him again and he'll never know that I did it out of ignorance. I smiled at the despondence in her tone as I extinguished the kerosene lamplight. There is a stage in the course of most love affairs when the night is despised and rejected by the lady, when the sun and the salt of life depart, and he finds no more pleasure in it, when he is seized with an irresistible desire to go forth in the world, and by his prowess dazzle all mankind for the purpose of attracting one pair of eyes. The same occurs to the lady, and she determines to make all men fall at her feet by way of illustrating to one adamantine heart that he was a dullard to have passed over her charms. And this young lady of the rose and lily complexion, and knight of the bright-hued locks and herculean muscles, being young, sufficiently young to be downcast by imaginary stumbling-blocks, had reached it. Goosey gander knight, gander goosey lady. I smiled again, for in my pocket was a letter that morning received from the former himself, stating that he had been booked for a trip to the St. Louis Exposition, 
but had flung it up at the last moment in favour of seeing how les got on at the election and that he would be back in the noon before polling day considering he could have seen how the election progressed equally as well in sydney as noon and that to see how his stepbrother polled when he took little interest in politics had grown preferable to a trip to america quite contented me regarding the probable termination of affairs however i did not show this letter as in matchmaking like in good cooking things have to be done to the turn and this was not the opportune turn oh well i said so long as you don't let your little arrangement get abroad i don't expect it will harm you Ed. no fear of it getting abroad i have threatened him if it does that a contradiction that will be true will also get abroad by being put in the noon advertiser next night however i found dawn stamping on something glittering that spread about the floor and by inquiry elicited that infernal dory ewart has had the cheek to give me a ring and that's what i've done with it and that's all the hope he has of ever marrying me she exclaimed bringing the heel of her high arched foot another thump on the fragments he's a bit too quick with his signs and badges of slavery he's so complacent with himself and thinks he's ousted the red-headed mug as he calls him that i hate him he has a right to be complacent you have given him reason to be he has won you so you have told him and he believes you yes i know and it makes me all the madder to think of it i suppressed a chuckle even before attaining my teens i had never been so splendidly autocratically young as this beautiful high-spirited creature let things settle a while and then we'll pull them off the dregs i advised End of chapter twenty one